0: Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hello, what's up? Welcome to the Clumsy Theosis podcast. My name is Rochelle Lucero, and I'm the host and the creator of this show. Welcome if you're new, and welcome back if you're not. If you have not listened to last week's episode, I highly recommend that you go and do that now because this is part two of that episode. Originally, I recorded it as one episode that ended up being 40 minutes long, which I think is unacceptable for a podcast, especially when it's just one person talking at you. Okay, I don't want to listen to that. I don't think you want to listen to that either. So I've cut it in half. Last week, we talked about the Bible, and salvation history. This week, we're going to be talking about Adam and being a child of God and how he shows us what it looks like when you are actually living out your role, your roles as a child of God. This episode is going to be more into the nitty gritty of Adam, the first mediator in salvation history, as well as me making it personal for myself to give you some real application and how this has benefited me in my life, and particularly most recently, which is really interesting because I learned about salvation history many years ago, and to this day, it is still relevant. It is still helping me to grow in my relationship with the Lord, to be a child of God, and to belong to the Father. So if you're ready for this, then keep listening. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, I suggest listening to it before this one. If you can't, then listen to it after. All right, here it goes. So today, for instance, we're starting with the first mediator, which is Adam. And I'm going to presume, presume, presume that most everybody knows the story of Adam and Eve. And with that, I will just say that on the sixth day of creation, God created man. He, you know, he created Adam and he created Eve and they lived in the Garden of Eden. And they were able to eat of the fruit of the Garden of Eden to their heart's content, except for one tree. And this brings me to the point that there were two trees that are singled out and named in the Garden of Eden that we know about. One is the tree of life, which we can eat from whenever we want, right? And it brings about life, like everlasting life. The second tree is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we are never, ever supposed to eat of this. I say we, but, you know, I mean Adam and Eve. But anyways, you know what I'm saying, Um Now, when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, sin entered into their hearts and into the world. And then because of that, they were inevitably cast out of Eden. And when they were cast out of Eden, that meant they were never able to eat of the tree of life ever again. Some people will look at this and think, well, that's really harsh. You know, God doesn't want them to have everlasting life. But God was doing them a mercy. Right, People will see this and think he's, he's punishing them, but he's not. He's doing them a mercy, like I said, because he wants to keep them from being stuck forever in that state of sinfulness. Right, Because if they were to eat of the tree of life after eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, then they would be stuck forever in that state of sinfulness. And he is doing them a mercy by keeping them from that fate. You're going to see instances like this as we go through salvation history. God's going to do things, and you might think, well, that's harsh. God is, you know, he's being a little, you know, a little too rigid, a little too much. Um, But you're going to see that, in fact, he is doing something very merciful for humanity. When we read the story of creation and of Adam and Eve, a lot of times we focus on their action of eating the fruit and getting cast out, right, and original sin entering the world. That's very important for our theology. That's very important for us to understand But there's also something here that we kind of gloss over, which is very important for us with regard to salvation history, with regard to us being children of God. Okay, so while Adam and Eve were in the garden, Adam was given a few tasks, right? And all of these tasks are markers of being a child of God. And we need to know what these are because we are called to be children of God, right? So we need to know what these markers are so that we can live them out in our lives. Basically, Adam was given three tasks that are the tasks of a priest, a king, and a prophet. Okay, so here's here's what they are. He was told to till and to keep the garden. He was given dominion over the earth, and he was given the job of naming the animals. Now, with regard to tilling and keeping, in Scripture, we, we see these words, um, and they're synonymous with serving and guarding. And serving and guarding, we see in Scripture also, But specifically in Numbers chapter 3, it tells us kind of explicitly that this is the role of someone who is a priest. And a priest offers sacrifice. We are all called as children of God to be priests, not necessarily the vocation of being a priest, right? But we are all called to this role, to act this out in our life, to offer sacrifice to God. And that sacrifice is ourselves. And this goes along with my favorite scripture, which is Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, which it says to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing and perfect to God. Now, maybe you don't believe that you are holy and pleasing and perfect to God, and that is okay. As long as you give yourself to God as a gift, it could be a damaged secondhand gift that you're giving someone, specifically God, or a gift that is wrapped horribly and with like the worst wrapping job ever. But as long as it's given From the heart as a gift to God, that's all that he wants. Now, when it comes to having dominion over the earth, this means that Adam was to rule over the earth, and this is the role of a king. Us, we are called to be kings or queens, if you must have the feminine (laughs) version of that. Um, We are called to be kings, not necessarily over the earth, but over ourselves, over sin and over Satan. These are, we've given, we've been given the power and the authority to rule in these areas, right, over ourselves, over sin, and over Satan, because we are children of God. When Adam was asked to name the animals, this was a divine privilege that God gave to him. If you've ever heard, um, you know, the phrase, you break it, you bought it, okay, well, I say, if you make it, you name it, okay, and that's how I always remember what this is. If you make something, you get to name it, right, because that is something of you. God giving Adam, this uh, privilege to name the animals, was giving him the authority to speak on his behalf. God gave Adam the authority to speak on his behalf as a prophet, right? That's what prophets do. They speak on God's behalf. We are able to speak on God's behalf and to explain his word and his truth, okay? So we are called to be prophets as well, just like we're called to be kings and priests, Another thing that we typically overlook, because it's so obvious, is that Adam was also married, which means he was a bridegroom. He's actually referred to as the universal bridegroom, if you didn't know that. Um, But he was called to a very intimate relationship with Eve, the most intimate relationship. And that's why in Scripture we see so often relationship and intimacy described with marital language and We hear that Jesus Christ is the bridegroom and we, the church, are the bride, right? So we have been called to the most intimate relationship as the church, as the bride. We've been called to a relationship with Jesus, the bridegroom, okay? Now, for me, (laughs) when God so lovingly—and he was. He was very loving um, when he convicted me that I forgot who I belonged to. Basically, I forgot— that I was a child of God. I was not living as a priest, a prophet, or a king over the last six months. And did it just come like all out of, you know, nowhere and all of a sudden I was like a child of God and then I wasn't? No. <laughs> and not to say that I wasn't a child of God. I just was not living. I wasn't living as a child of God. And it was, it was a very slippery slope because like I had mentioned earlier on, when things start to get tough for me, I tend to put my head down and I tend to work. You know, I tend to work to fix things. And the last six months of 2020, there were a lot of big things that were out of my control. And if you've been listening for any length of time, you know that that's very difficult for me when things are not within my control. Um, but I have learned very well, I thought, how to surrender to God. But I think that 2020, the last six months, and I'm not blaming it on the year, just all happened to fall in the last six months of 2020. It was just kind of like being out to sea and just having wave after wave after wave and not being able to catch my breath. Um, And it ended up just me being on a slippery slope of self-reliance. Just to recap for you, this is the part where I play my little sad song and my fiddle. In August, my mom had a routine surgery that uh, didn't—there was a little snafu, and she ended up in ICU. And it was really scary because, you know, you don't want anyone to end up in ICU or in the hospital in general. But especially during COVID times, when you're not allowed in the hospital, you're not allowed to visit. Um, it's really difficult to get staff on the phone because they are so overwhelmed and whatnot. Um, but my mom recovered and she was fine. But that was, that was really scary. If you remember, we had the social unrest, which it became really disturbing for me what happened because of it. Um, I started to bleed social media followers, which, okay, I'm, just just hear me out for a second, okay? <laughs> Don't roll your eyes quite yet. Um, I, I wasn't offended that people decided not to follow me. You know, that happens. But I felt like I had created a very personal community on, these, on my social media channels. And, you know, I've talked with people. I've gotten to know people. I feel like I've developed, you know, friendships with people. And I, I just, I, I was really proud of this community of people. But then when I saw that people just started fleeing because I wasn't saying things that they wanted me to say, or I was saying things that they didn't want me to say, you know, either way, it became very apparent to me that they they were just acting the way that the culture acts, you know, and the culture is very steeped right now in what we refer to as the cancel culture. You know, if you don't like what someone says, you cancel them. You don't want, you know, you don't want to hear anything from them. They just need to go away and not exist anymore. I was, I think, very personal in these places, and I felt that it was a safe place for me to be personal. I started to feel that it wasn't safe after that. You know, I just started to question everything. So if you've noticed, I really don't post anything anymore because I don't really know how I want to go forward. And then Gary's grandmother passed in October. Now, it wasn't a surprise. Like, her her health was failing, but that doesn't make loss any better. You know, it doesn't make it any easier. Loss is a loss. And, you know, that was that was sad and it was it was draining and you know, being there for my husband and for his family, it's it takes it takes something out of you. It takes peace of your heart, you know? Then in October, my brother and his fiance got COVID. They are better now. Praise the Lord. But one of them actually ended up hospitalized and an ICU because it was just it got so bad. Um the other one was asymptomatic. So it just goes to show you that this virus is you know, unpredictable. You have no idea what's going to happen. And again, it's scary knowing that someone is going to go into ICU and they might not come out again. Um, Yeah, so that was October. November, My it was my birthday month. Two days after my birthday, my dad passed. Now, you know how I feel about people passing. Like, I, I believe... <sighs> I believe in in heaven. I believe in God's mercy. I believe in spending eternity with heaven, you know, but just to know, like have it be unexpected and just to know that I'll never get to to see my dad and touch my dad in the same way again. It's it's hard. Um, And I did let you guys know about that when that happened. But yeah, since then, it's been difficult, like trying to grieve and not having closure because I have planned and canceled his funeral twice because of COVID. It's like, come on, I just want to get this done to get some closure so I can continue with my process of grieving. But God's will, I will try again and see what happens. Um yeah, so all through all that time, like like my family was kind of like falling apart here and there, you know, but I still had clumsy theosis to like focus on, you know, I wasn't doing social media, but I was doing other things, and I was making videos and um, interacting with my patrons and all that. And that was like I was making strides, and I was really excited. just some something positive to get my mind off of certain things. But then um clumsy theosis took an unexpected turn at the very end of the year. And I get it, you know, it's a hard time for people financially. The holidays, you know, are just kind of strap you anyways. But then with COVID and, you know, people being out of work and whatnot, um, I lost a handful of followers just out of nowhere. And it was really, really unexpected. And I felt bad, you know, because I'm thinking I need I need donations so that I can keep clumsy theosis going. And then at the same time, I'm like, but these people, you know, they're struggling and they're going through some things. And it's a really difficult place to be. Like, I felt really torn. But with regard to donations, this is just like a side note because of that. And because I've, like, talked to some of my patrons who've, who've had to stop donating, you know, it's been difficult for them. And I presume it's being difficult for most people at this time. So I've adjusted my donation options so that you can still give monthly through Patreon, you know. And when you do that, you get resources and merchandise in exchange for your monthly donations, But I've brought back the one-time donation. You can give me a gift if you feel like you want to give, but, you know, you just can't commit to monthly donations. I totally get that. So if you wanted to do that, you would go to clumsytheosis.net and then click the word donate in the menu, or you would go clumsytheosis.net slash donate. Takes you to the same place, right? And gives you all of those options when you get there. All right, so back to being a child of God and these three markers and how all of these, you know, this slew of things that affected me in the last portion of the year. Um, yeah, so I took my Christmas break mid-December, which was great because I thought, you know, I did this last year and it was really enriching spiritually, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I thought it was going to be like that this year, but uh, not so much because, I mean, in the end, it worked out for my benefit, but because I had nothing to pour myself into or to distract myself with, you know, all of those walls of my delusions, you know, that I had everything under control, all of those walls had started to crumble. And yeah, the Lord was very succinct. And he just told me that I forgot who I belonged to. And it was so true. I was belonging to myself and not to him. I wasn't living as a child of God. You know, I realized I didn't have peace and I was stressed and I was overstretched. You know, and I wasn't truly praying. I wasn't truly giving my heart during those times of prayer to him. And, you know, like I said, little by little, the more things started to go wrong, or the more I started to feel overwhelmed over the last, you know, months of last year, the more I started to retreat into my self-reliance. You know, I didn't humble myself before the Lord and rely on his strength. You know, I I wasn't sacrificing myself like a priest. Um, I also, I noticed I was sinning more. I was less patient. I was getting angry, and I just wasn't caring about things. I mean, I was grieving, yes, but I let that be an excuse for my lack of self-discipline and for my sin. You know, I I wasn't exercising my role as, as a queen or as a king, you know what I mean? When it came to being a prophet, yes, I did maintain that to an extent. I was speaking about God's truth, you know, especially with clumsy theosis, but I was lacking something. I was lacking my witness, you know, my my true lived experience of God and his truth in what I was talking about. And you know me, that's typically what I like to do. I like to make it very relatable. That's how I roll. You know, God is real. God is alive. He is in my life. And this is how, right? I'm going to teach you something you know, about the faith, and I'm going to also try to connect it with how it's real in the world and in a personal way. But I wasn't wasn't really doing that. And then as far as, oh my gosh, being a true bridegroom to Jesus— I was under this delusion. Now, I didn't realize it at the time, um, but I was under this delusion that I had to get my house in order before he could enter. You know, like, I'm the bride and I have to make my house all spick and span before I can have the bridegroom come over. Yeah, that's a lie. I know that's a lie. Um, I've always known that that is a lie. Like, he is the number one worldwide housekeeper. You know, I should have had him they're cleaning up the mess in my heart and in my head at the first sign of trouble right but like i said it's a slippery slope of self-imposed self-reliance right i told myself i needed to get things together right and that is where i everything started to go wrong and i know this right i know i know that all of this is true right but in that in that moment when things are going wrong i just i fell back into that self-reliance. And I I thought that I had healed this lie before, right? Because like I said, this is like my biggest, my biggest spiritual flaw. Um, And I thought I had healed it a long time ago, but it's back again. And you know what? That is okay because that's the nature of the spiritual life. Like we heal and we grow to our current capacity, right? And then at some point we're going to plateau and then we get closer to the Lord. And when we do that, our capacity enhances right and then when our capacity enhances we have more room to heal and to grow right and so I guess that's where I'm at now which is it's a good thing to have more capacity to grow and to heal now sometimes when that happens you are addressing the same type of truths right and you're just growing deeper in them or sometimes you're addressing the same lies and healing more deeply from them and sometimes you're not this time for me apparently I was um but you know I just wanted to explain all of that to you, just to give you a heads up, you know, where where I was, where I'm coming from, why it's important to give you some real world explanations of, you know, how this can happen. And it can happen so easily without you realizing it, you know, you not acting as a child of God, filling these roles as priest, prophet, king, and bridegroom. Um, But through Adam, right, the first mediator, Jesus, how he reminded me. That I am a priest, prophet, king, and a bridegroom, or the female equivalents, if, if you need that, if you need to hear that. And all of us are. All of us were made to be that, and all of us are called to get back to that if we've lost it, right? And in fact, the story of the Bible, the story of salvation history, is all about getting back to being children of God, getting back to our first home, right, the first home of the children of God, which was the first sanctuary, the Garden of Eden. In in the Garden of Eden is the tree of life. Like, we're all called to get back to the tree of life so that we can live forever with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? And let's not forget that that forever— Right. And when I say forever, if you've ever seen the Sandlot and you know that scene where he says forever and it's like forever, it's all long and drawn out. That is what I think of every time I say forever, Um, especially when it comes to eternity with God. Right. That is it. That forever that starts today. Right. So every day we're called to be children of God and to get back to being children of God Um, But as we go through salvation history, you're going to see that unfold um, more and more as we go through the different mediators. And next week, since today we did Adam, next week we're going to do Noah. And we're also going to talk about the difference between covenants and contracts. Okay. Until then, stay safe. Read your Bible. Peace out.